as we get started. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. I still hear pages turning. Before we read, I guess, y'all probably like, you know, I take my sunglasses off before I preach because who, who can you trust is talking to you in behind sunglasses? <laughs> Besides that, I mean, I'm sure that most of you think I look better with them on, tied to ugly, but that's okay. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Please read with us. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheep fold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth the one sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we now come to this time for your word to be spoken. Lord, I pray that you would move me out of the way and just use me as your vessel to give these people the words that you need them to hear first in Christ's name I pray amen <coughs> now sheep isn't that something interesting sheep will not follow people they don't know now in, ver in verse 1 it said that if they didn't go through the gate went in another way they was a thief and a robber we're not talking about the thief and the robber that might snatch your purse as you're walking down the street, lady, or break into your house and take your stuff. Although it sounds about the same, doesn't it? What we talk, what what we're talking about is the master thief, the master robber, the robber and the thief who wants to take the souls of God's creation. Satan is the master thief. If you don't believe me, read your Bible. It tells you real plain and clear. He, he has worked on Beth and I this week. I've, I had a sore throat most of the week, couldn't hardly talk. <coughs> I thought I was going to have problems this morning. Beth's had throat problems this week. But you see where God's got us this morning. Why would we follow <coughs> the stranger? The stranger that the sheep follow, or that, that the sheep will not follow, is Satan. As Christians, we are those sheep. 
We cannot follow Satan. Do we get sidetracked? Yes. Preachers get sidetracked too, believe it or not. We are not perfect by no means. I have my ups and my downs every day. If somebody walked up to me and said, hey, let me take you over here, I'm not going. But, as Satan works, he really tries his best to get us to believe that he's the way we need to go. Churches now that you see on TV, and I'm not going to get into whether or not they're right or wrong, but when you watch a preacher who never mentions what happens to those who do not receive Christ, and go, uh, if they don't receive Christ, they're going to hell, you better walk away from that preacher. Because hell is a very true point of the Bible. It tells you plainly that there is one and that there's going to be one. But we have churches now that, you know, we're going to paint a nice rainbow picture. Everything is warm and fuzzy. Can nothing bad happen to you if you, if you take Jesus as your Savior? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the path is narrow. You will suffer many things for my name's sake. Never once did he say, oh, you won't have any problems. Just follow me. You won't have any problems. No. Look at the 12 disciples. What happened to them? I mean, they followed, but how did it end up? They suffered, did they not? Did, what about Paul? Did he not suffer? We know that as Christians, as older Christians, that we're, we're going to walk through trials and tribulations. But the problem is, are we following the shepherd or the stranger? I would scarcely say that, don't get me wrong, I'm just using this as a, an idea. <coughs> I had a gentleman tell me one time, oh, I'm selling cars and giving away Jesus. I looked at him just as plain as I could and said, there's no way a car salesman's giving away Jesus. <laughs> I said, y'all, you left Jesus a long time ago when you started selling used cars. <laughs> we both got a good laugh out of that. And not long after that, he found him a different job. <laughs> the thing is, we... You know, we associate 
used car salesman and that kind of, and, you know, with, with the wrong type of people. But I do know some that are very good Christian men and women, and they would not steer you wrong if they had to. But, as we get back, why would a Christian choose to follow the stranger? Because the stranger painted a beautiful picture over here. Oh, you can have money. You can have this nice big house, this nice new car. And when the shepherd's leading us over here, well, you're not going to have that big new house or that big fancy car or all this money, but you're going to have what you need to get by. I watch, I, have, I used to watch um, several of the different preachers on TV and I was watching one and I thought, man, he, he really knows his Bible. He, he's preaching the word. And then one day I turn him on and he's wearing a suit that costs more than I make in three years. And he's got rings on every finger. And don't get me wrong, jewelry's nice. I've got some, but I just don't wear it much. But, he's, but what really got me was the fact that he says, the first thing he says before he got started and then the last thing he said when he got finished was, please send your offerings. How many local churches has Satan led people away from financially to send their money to a TV preacher? You support, churches support missions. We are a mission field. But, do we take care of our mission at home first, or do we send our money elsewhere first? We can't send money elsewhere if we don't take care of our business at home. A church that does not reach out is dead. This church, I've seen, I mean, we hadn't been here long, but I have heard and seen this church has got missions going on everywhere. You're raising your own missionaries. I wished I, I, wished I was as brave as, as one young lady who went to Israel I got news for you. They start shooting and sending bombs my way. I'm going home. <laughs> but she's following the shepherd. She wasn't following the stranger. I bet her mom and daddy really appreciated how much they cared about her when she got home with everything that was going on over there. Mom and daddy had to be following the shepherd too to let her go. 
How many of us would have let our child go? Oh, there's going to be peace in the Middle East. Not in our lifetime. Our lifetime, it's a, it plainly tells us it won't ever be peaceful over there. And for those of you who think the U.S. is going to step in and make it right, I'm sorry. The end of the book says no. We're not even mentioned in the book. If we had been, it'd been we'd have been a so pitiful mess. Because we have let this, <coughs> the Christians of this country have let this country fall into a deep depression. We look at we look at the we look at presidents and congressmen and to lead our country and judges on the Supreme Court and all of them are following the stranger but the reason they're following the strangers cuz guess who voted and put them in there If you see a political advertisement for somebody running for office do you believe it you better not. You better read. You better look it up for yourself. <coughs> I don't get into politics because that's not my place. If you want to talk politics, that's fine. You can do it somewhere else. Yeah, I'm gonna do it in my house. Everybody, your youngest daughter says. Oh, well, I have my opinion. I said, well, that's, a, I said, that's all well and good in a democracy. I said, but my house is a dictatorship, and uh, I don't care. <laughs> because my house lives under the rule of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for that, I've got two grandchildren that would probably not be here. Do I want to do I want to raise two grandchildren and mate? No. But God gave them to me, so guess what I'm gonna do? It would be a I would say it would be a lot easier if I could see and I could still work. But you know how many people will hire a blind maintenance man? No, not they they're afraid you'll wreck their vehicles. Uh you might get shocked. You might drown somebody, or you might even just get stuck in a toilet. Who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. But Beth and I make sure that we follow the shepherd, not the stranger, because of our grandchildren. We've had to. Now, when we think about following the stranger we'll talk we'll talk back in 2000 when I had eye surgeries on my left eye now how many remember the show touched by an angel I can't hear you okay <laughs> if you want me to know you're there you gotta let me know by here I can't hear you Touched by an Angel was on. I watched that show all the time. Loved it. 
first eye surgery went well. I spent six weeks face down. I could not raise my head. I had to stay face down because they put a little oil bubble in my eye. And I couldn't raise my head until that disappeared. Well, six weeks into it, I go back, and I can't see out of, I, I'm, it's dark halfway through. They do surgery again because the retina tore. Six more weeks, laying face down. Guess what? Retina tore again. This time they go in, they do surgery. I go back to the doctor, and you know what he says? There's nothing else we can do. You're blind in that eye. I said, we should have left it alone to begin with. Twelve years later, go to the doctor. Guess what? You're having the same issue in your right eye you had in your left. During the first, I watched Touched by an Angel, and I felt like, and I was going to church, and I felt, you know something? If this is it, then that's it. No big deal. I'm ready. Twelve years later, when I start having the issues with my right eye, which, by the way, this android streaks is what they call it. It only affects one out of 20,000 people who are nearsighted. It is not a hereditary. They don't know where it comes, how it happens. But more than likely, I was born with it. But only 1% of 100,000 with it does it affect both eyes. Now everybody says, ah, yeah, I spun that big wheel and guess what? I woke up blind. I didn't look at it that way. God, I started following the shepherd strongly after the left eye because God started preparing me for what was going to happen in 12 years. On January 28, 2013, I was sitting in the, in the doctor's exam chair after they had come in and said, look, Let's see how well your vision is in your left eye. Can you see that letter? I said, there's a letter there? The doctor comes in and he says, have you thought about disability? I said, huh? He said, you're blind. You talk about somebody who wanted to follow a stranger. I wanted to get up and just run as fast as I could the opposite direction. But as I sat there and he explained what had happened and what we were going to do, because surgery was not the thing to do for this condition, but we say they had known that 12 years before, I heard a voice that said, 
this is what you were prepared for. So, let's talk about following the shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Who is the shepherd who comes to the gate and waits and calls for his sheep? Jesus Christ. How many of us follow? Well, don't raise your hand and no, I don't want to hear you. I'm just going to say, how many of us have followed the shepherd from, through the, from the fence? How many of us have started at a young age following Jesus? I always thought that the greatest thing in the world was watching a child come to Christ. And then I worked in nursing homes for a while and watched an 85-year-old man get helped down to his on his knees so he could pray the prayer of salvation. I thought there's nothing more that I could ever see that would be better than me than that right there. Because that man followed the stranger all his life. And then in his senior years, decided that it was time to follow the shepherd. Now, we think that as we walk through this life, Jesus is going to lead us through the path of happy days, rainbow, sunshine, all this other good stuff. How many of us believe that the trials that we go through on a daily basis are there for a reason? How many of you got up this morning, jumped out of bed, and never thought about where your feet hit? Because when I get up in the morning, I have to take my time and make sure my feet hit the floor. I've had, I don't see well, which sometimes is a good thing considering what's on TV a lot. And if you go to the beach, most definitely in September, you definitely need to be able not to see things. Um, we, uh, but I follow a guide dog. If you do not believe that dogs were put here on this earth for a reason, God give me that one. Because I could have got one that was so dumb that the, that, uh, the sun would have never hit it. But I put a lot of trust and a lot of faith in this dog. When I go somewhere, if I not if I don't have her, I have my cane. But if it's in a location that I'm not familiar with, 
I use what they call sided guide. Beth holds her arm up. I grab her back of her elbow, and she leads me through. If a stranger walks up and says, here, I'll lead you, I don't know that voice. I'm not following. I know the voices of the people that I trust. I know that if I hear their voice, they're going to get me where I need to go. Just like I listen to the voice of the shepherd to guide me through. I studied all week, and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to preach on faith. Well, guess what? God had a different direction and didn't give it to me until Friday night, Saturday morning. How many of you think I got notes up here on this iPad? Let me show you what this iPad looks like right now. The thing that was on the screen was John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And I didn't need that. As long as I listen for my shepherd's voice, I will go the right direction. If you're here this morning and you don't know what I'm talking about, that means you're following the stranger. You need to come and find the shepherd and listen for him. He's waiting, he's waiting at the gate, waiting for you to come and follow him. My shepherd is Jesus. And I'm going to follow him wherever he leads me. And I'll admit, there's been some places that I couldn't believe he led me to. I have a younger, the youngest son showed animals to 4-H. We ended up in someplace in Georgia. What was Perry County, Georgia, for an animal show. I'd never heard of Perry County, Georgia. I've, drove, I've been up and down I-75 forever and never knew there was a Perry, Georgia. But we went. And I watched, a ch I watched a child, of course, he's taller than me, but he's still a child, show sheep. Now, I thought, well, this ought to be interesting. I've never s watched them show sheep before. But everything he told that sheep to do and every way he directed, guess what that sheep done? They followed him because he he was its shepherd. This morning I have I had struggled with where I, this was gonna go this morning. 
And like I said, when I get behind, when I get up and start to preach, I step out of the way and let God take control. I want this morning. If you don't know this, my Jesus, there's going to be an opportunity here in a minute or two for you to come and, and find him. Or, or, and we got, we got preachers and teachers and we got all kinds of people that can help you. Today is a good day to walk through the gate following the shepherd. No, your life won't be all smiles and giggles. You'll have times of sadness and tears. But it's all going to be worth it in the end. When we get to our heavenly home, whew, if that don't get you excited, nothing's going to. What little time that Beth and I have been part of this church. And I'm talking about this building, not, not the church in general, because we've been saved a long time, and once you're saved, you're part of the church. And the church doesn't mean one denomination or the other. But in the short time we've been members here, we've watched God work. Teenagers. Oh, ain't that a wonderful thing? Especially when you've been to a church that didn't have any. Oh, our youth group's going to so-and-so. All two of them? Oh, but we're taking the bus. Why? <laughs> I mean, you got a youth, you got a youth minister that loves Jesus. And is doing the job that Jesus has got him to do. And anybody that tells you any different, you need to walk away from them. Because that man's fired up. When you see, when you see a man jumping up and down because God's working in a youth group that he's, take, that he's leading. Everybody ought to be jumping up and down with him. A few Sundays ago when the young ladies accepted Christ and he was so excited I could hardly sit in my pew and if I could have got to the outside of the aisle I'd have probably come down here with him this morning in closing and that's one of the few lies that you'll hear a preacher tell you <laughs> in closing this morning I appreciate the ch opportunity to come and share this morning. But I am heart set that somebody here this morning needed what God had for me to say. Whether you've never accepted Christ so that you would follow Him or whether you have been following him and got sidetracked by the stranger. This is the morning to make it right. During our invitation, you will have a chance to come dance. Walk this aisle. 
Like I said, there's plenty of people here that can pray with you, help with you. If you come and grab my hand, I'll even pray with you. But today is the day. Don't wait for tomorrow because guess what? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next second. One of these days, Jesus is going to come back. And I'm going to tell you something. I may not be the first one, but I'm going to try to outrun all of you. But in closing, well, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to pray, and then I want Brother John going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. But this morning, please come. If you, if you need it, that's what it's here for. As soon as I step in a pulpit, the altar's open regardless. As soon as those doors are open, guess what? This altar's open. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity this morning. I pray, Lord, that you have used the words, used me to get the word out that you needed out this morning, that you've touched the hearts of the ones that needed it. I pray, Lord, now that during this invitation, you would bring those that need you closer and let them follow the good shepherd. Lord, now we pray that this would be your time. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.